Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? Alrighty, and we're off and rolling. All right. That was aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) More (laughs) passive aggressive than anything. (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This is episode 17. Uh, We unfortunately missed last week. You know, it's 2020. I don't. I don't know what you want us to tell you. There's there's excuses every which way for reasons things don't get done on time. Um, that's the best I got. <laughs> uh, I think before we, before we, we get into this episode, before we get into our story and our pitch and everything like that, uh, I know Rob and I discussed taking just a quick second to speak quickly about, uh, the passing of Black Panther himself, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, it's still pretty, it's still pretty raw, um, uh, that's when we were recording this. It was only a few days ago. Uh, I still, you know, I know I, I know people have been doing rewatches of Black Panther mm-hmm. and 42 and all these things, and I haven't uh, quite gotten to that point yet. It feels weird. I, I remember spending the whole first day just kind of waiting for, like, it to be, ah, TMZ fucked up. Yep. Kind of a thing. Um, that's You know, the, the, whenever I see one of those articles, you know, so-and-so has passed away, I immediately go to their official Twitter. Yeah. That's the first place I check. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, his obviously was was real. Uh, a four-year battle with colon cancer, uh, from what I understand, I'm not a doctor, nor am I a cancer patient, but from what I understand, one of the most painful cancers to have. Um, that guy battled that for four years while doing Marvel movies. And that is an insane feat with the amount of training and uh, health requirements and stuff you have to go through as an actor to to be physically fit for those films, um, it's it's crazy. Uh, he was he was far too young. He was incredibly talented. Uh, we just wanted to take a quick second here, uh, just to you know, say our thanks to him and his family. Uh, you know, our our thoughts are with them, and and we hope that they uh, have a good. Have a have a good journey through this trying time for his family and his friends. I, just, I, I remember I kept the, a phrase kept running through my head, and it would it, every sentence began with "We were supposed to, mm. we were supposed to see him as this as this incredibly important king." Yeah, so many more times we were supposed to see him as he did play these historical figures mm-hmm. to a T and embody I mean, he their was, souls. Yeah, he was he was like the biopic magnet. Yeah. And for for good reason. Yeah. I mean every single time he played one it was it was different. You Robinson, know, he wasn't Marshall, James yeah. Brown. 42 I th- I think it's a very underrated film. I, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, and just we were supposed to and everybody talks about it in this way before and after this happened. We were supposed to see Chadwick Boseman win an Oscar. Uh-huh. We all took that for granted, that we were going to see that. Yeah. No one ever talked about it in uncertain terms. It was kind of a matter of time. Yeah. And then we ran out of... 
quickly ran out of time. Yeah. And, and you know, no, no matter what you think of Marvel movies, superhero movies, comic book movies, whatever, uh, there is no denying the absolute cultural impact that Black Panther had. Um, you know, everyone in that film and, and just the, the persons of color being supported and, uh, you know, identified in, in that film. Uh, he will be he will be gravely missed by the MCU, by fans everywhere, by his family, and uh, you know we just we wanted to start off not obviously on a on a a light note, but we just wanted to to put that out there as you know obviously our podcast is based around film. We are we are film buffs. We're huge fans of mm-hmm. film, acting, writing, all that. And he was a he was a talent that uh, we lost far too early. And uh, just in his spirit, let's let's try and make something fun. Yeah, let's let's try and try and make the most of what we got in front of us, which right. is a lot today. Yeah, it is. So this article is an interesting one. It's one I found quite recently, actually. I don't think I've been sitting on this one for too long. Uh, for everyone listening, I put together an entire folder of just different articles <laughs> I find throughout, you know, browsing the internet, surfing the web, looking at Reddit, whatever. Uh, I put together a "What Do You Got" folder. Um, this one is this one is newer. It's a longer article, so obviously, once again, it'll be linked in the description. We're going to get into it a little bit. Um, I think it is fitting that it is a baseball article uh, in in celebration of his film Forty Two, and in celebration of the fact that Rob and I are gigantic baseball fans. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'd better be at this point in my career. <laughs> so the the story that we're getting into today is about the uh, a Wyoming sports team, a Wyoming baseball team in nineteen eleven. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, Wyoming has never had a baseball team. I don't understand how that could be. That's because this was a team of death row inmates. They were literally criminals in prison who were basically forced to play baseball. And while being forced to play baseball, if they won, they were actually given years off their sentence. And if they lost, uh, well, the opposite would happen. (laughs) So this starts off in 1911. Uh, and we, we talk a little bit about the different criminals who are on this team. And, and by no means are these, uh, you know, simple criminals who did something wrong by accident. These, these are death row inmates. These are rapists. These are murderers. These are very, very bad people. And I think that's very interesting and very important for us to pitch a film around this. Because we cannot have – I feel like we've had this discussion lately a lot. We cannot have these characters look as heroic. We cannot have them as full protagonists mm. um, because, again, they, they are rapists. They are murderers. They are you know, the, the, the worst of the worst, if you will. Um, basically, what the, what the article states is in the late 1800s, the, the, town, uh, the town that this takes place in Rawlins, Wyoming – um, was a very old school town with very strict rules on crime. Uh, in the late 1800s, they actually would obviously uh, lynch and murder people in public, uh, but it got to the point where they were doing far more than that. So, quote from the article, Desperados caught in the act of robbery, rape, or murder in the town were not only hanged, but sometimes actually skinned. Various items were made from the hides of these unfortunate lawbreakers, sold as souvenirs, and used as warnings to other would-be felons. One such unlucky felon was George Perot, uh, killed two deputy sheriffs during an attempted train robbery. He was lynched for the murders by Rollins citizens in 1881, and shoes were made from his skin. 
The Wyoming State Penitentiary 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 opened in 1901 and in keeping with the mood of the town, subjected its prisoners to harsh conditions, especially under command of Otto Graham. Graham was a millionaire who established a broom factory in the prison. Which broom factory just sounds really funny to me. Just the idea of a broom factory. <laughs> down to the broom factory. The, the, the state paid him to look after the prisoners. He paid for their, quote, well-being. And after they spent their days assembling his brooms, he sold them for healthy profits, earning almost $250,000 from 1903 to 1911. We still I do this. I, yeah, I license be- plates or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. I, I believe that number is probably adjusted for inflation. I don't think he made 250. Well, I, I don't know. It says he was a millionaire in 1911, so hmm. could be 250. Um, a lot of brooms. Yeah. According to the prisoners, the conditions under Graham were merciless and of the dark ages, saying that meals were calculated down to the last bean so that just enough food was served to prevent starvation. In April 1911, this system was banned by the state. Uh, very unhappy Graham was out, as were his big broom profits. And Bighorn County Sheriff Felix Alston was named the new warden. By most accounts, Alston took a far more compassionate view of prisoners. I'm sorry, prisons, instituting reform, including exercise for the prisoners, a road-building program that got them outside during the day, and an inmate baseball team. Here's where we get into our, our ideas and our stories here. The Wyoming State Penitentiary All-Stars played their first game on July 18th, 1911. It's my mom's birthday. With a 12-man roster that included three rapists, a forger, five thieves, and three killers. Playing the Wyoming Supply Company's juniors, one of the best teams in the area, and the All-Stars opponent for all four of their games, the All-Stars trounced them 11-1, to largely thanks to right fielder Joseph Sang, who hit two home runs, including a grand slam. Interest in the game was so intense that it was covered by newspapers across the country, including the Washington Post, which titled their article, quote, Slayer Scores Home Runs. And home runs were hard to hit in the dead ball this, era. Yeah, too. this is the dead ball era here. This is for the for the you know for those who don't know who who may not be baseball fans. Rob, why don't you explain the dead ball era for us? The dead ball era is when you reach kind of way back into early baseball history. We're in we've been in obviously since uh, the early 1900s, the live ball era. What we called the previous one the dead ball era is because they really didn't change out the baseballs unless they absolutely had to. Mm-hmm. So you were playing with the same ball that had been pounded to shit for multiple innings of the game. It would mm-hmm. get oblong and weird and have stuffing coming out of it. And obviously it's very difficult to hit kind of a baseball sack out <laughs> of the park, uh, and, which made it very, very impressive uh, when you could do that and why the game was very different back then and favored speed and base running and all yeah. those different things. Like, you, you had to fucking go. This thing was just flopping around. I mean, Ty Cobb led the league in home runs with maybe 12, I think, a couple times. <laughs> um, just to put it into perspective, the average lifespan of a baseball in today's MLB, I believe, is 3.2 pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, it would have been a whole game unless it went over the fence. And even yep. then, in 1911, they probably would have went after the ball to get it yeah. back. Very <laughs> sandlot y. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, so I yeah, putting it's, down eighty cents for another ball. God damn it! Yeah, man, that's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, the professional manner in which the players conducted themselves drew as much attention as their ability at the game. The Carbon County Journal, which referred to the team as the Cons, printed this about their obvious star: Joseph Sang, who was convicted of murder in the first degree and sentenced to death, played a classy game all the way through. He will petition the governor to commute his sentence to life imprisonment sometime this month. So basically, this guy played such good baseball that he was like, hey, I don't want to be killed by you guys. Let me just live out my days in prison. And they were like, 
you keep playing that way, maybe we'll do it. <laughs> um, local interest in the All-Stars' solid play might have spoken to something deep and primal in baseball that touched spectators' hearts, but it also fed another local interest and one of my favorite aspects of old baseball, gambling. Mm. Saban was in prison for ambushing three sleeping sheep herders and shooting them in the face at close range, killing them instantly. But the dispute was part of a much larger ongoing battle over territory between sheep herders and cattle ranchers. And in many of the cattle business, including local prison guards and politicians, felt Saban's actions were justified. As it happened, then-Sheriff Alston was the arresting officer that day. He was also Alston's grandson, told the author Saban's best friend. So while Saban was sentenced to more than 20 years for his crime, he was given special treatment, not just appointed team captain, but also, amazingly, allowed to come and go from the prison as he pleased in his finest civilian clothing. When he did go, often accompanied by D.O. Johnson, a guard at the prison with family in the cattle business, he'd hit the local watering holes, take bets on the games, taking a 20% commission from winning bets. He provided, gambler, he provided gamblers with inside information on the All-Stars, including updates on Team Star Sang and the status of his appeal. So not only were they mm -hmm. talking about the bets on the game and who would win, but they'd also be like, oh yeah, you know, he might get a couple extra months to live. <laughs> it was greatly to his benefit to convince gamblers that the All-Stars were headed towards victory. One non-cattleman displeased with all of this was Graham, obviously, Mr. Broom himself. <laughs> Hoping to reinstate his broom business, he heard from Guard Johnson, secretly his former in the, informer in the prison, that Saban was placing illegal bets on the games with Alston's money. Graham shared this information with his friend, Wyoming Senator Francis Warren, who was planning to run for governor against the incumbent Joseph Carey, the man who appointed Alston. Warren believed, or chose to believe, that Carey was involved in the gambling as well, and saw this as information he might be able to use. The ball field wasn't the only place where people were dividing up into teams. Sang's execution was set for August 22, 1911, but he almost didn't live long enough to see it. Earlier that month, a particularly vicious inmate decided, to, uh, decided that Sang had to die. The prisoner, carrying a 10-pound steel ball attached to his leg by a chain, walked up a staircase where at the top there rested a small box half-filled with sand that was used for garbage. At the top of the stairs, the prisoner lifted the box and dropped it over the railing. The heavy box fell 25 feet directly to the spot where Sang had just been standing, Ooh. until to his luck, he had bent in another direction just seconds earlier to speak to the guard. Sometimes after that, the players were assembled for practice. While the infield generally whipped the ball around the quickness and efficiency of Major League champions, shortstop Joseph Gazzardo in for manslaughter, fumbled a hard grounder from Saban, then missed another on the very next hit. Gazzardo was so angry with himself that he stormed off the field, which did not sit well with his murderous team captain. Saban reamed him out, and the rest of the team heard from Saban as well. We <laughs> learned what he said from one of Sang's letters. Quote, mistakes on the field would not be tolerated. He told us that prisoners who make errors that cost the team a game would have more time added to their sentence. Winning would lead to reduced time and stays of execution. <laughs> these so weird yeah, and draconian. The, these inmates were literally playing baseball to suspend their execution and to be able to stay alive. Saban told the players that this had come directly from Alston. He also shared this information with the town's gamblers, ensuring them that the All-Stars had very, uh, I'm sorry, every incentive to win and even a greater reason not to lose. Uh, it goes on, the, the team only actually ever played four games, um, but the, 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 the baseball team was uh, shortly after that dis, disbarred or discontinued. 
Uh, uh, Elston, meanwhile, tightened security at the prison, partly to ensure Sang's safety, but also because there had been a rash of escapes. Prisoners (laughs) would hide in tight spaces along the grounds, and Austin had to send diminutive prisoners known as human ferrets, further described in the book, as a short, small prisoner who was used to search under buildings and through heating tunnels to find them. I picture Danny DeVito uh, (laughs) coming out of the couch, and it's It's always... It's the warthog. So by their fourth victory, uh, with a score of 15-10, that was their last. In the days that followed, Alston began to speak of replacing baseball with education for prisoners. Sounds a little bit better. (laughs) In September, Governor Carey instituted a statewide crackdown on gambling, perhaps to deflect growing rumors spurred on by Graham, that state officials had played some role in the gambling on the games and wrote to Alston about his concerns for the team. Immediately afterwards, Alston announced that the team's time had come and gone. Saban assured local gamblers this would merely be a temporary hold, meant to deflect attention until the gambling whispers died down. But by November, the prison was being praised for its new education initiatives, and the Death Row All-Stars faded into memory. The inmates must have agreed with the praise, as, the crisp- as that Christmas they presented Alston with a gold watch as thanks for his changes. As for Sang... The stay, it turned out, had been arranged by his attorneys, but it was short-lived, and he was executed on May 24th, 1912. (laughs) That is absolutely insane. Uh, Basically, that is our story. We have a story of death row inmates who were playing baseball to save their lives, and if they lost, they would die quicker. A lot of things absolutely wrong with this from a historical and ethical (laughs) point of view, but now we got a job to do. Uh, Nick, what do you got? All right. Um... So I I originally was contemplating the idea of putting this film in the future. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about doing it in like 2100 or something like that, where this was actually the way that prisons worked. They had sort of similar to like all those 1980s movies where like Deathmatch and stuff like that and all, all that mm. stuff. Where it death was like, Race. Yeah, 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 Death Race and all that. Um, but I, I decided I, I wanted to keep it in the early 1900s because I do love the Deadball era. Um, so my, my film is pretty straightforward. I have the idea of this team playing a short season, not just four games. I would definitely have them play probably in regular season in 2020, maybe 60 games or something like that. Um, I do have the idea of them playing against a major league team at one point. I was thinking possibly the Detroit Tigers. Ooh, so we can get Ty Cobb. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, or some, you know, some Christy Mathewson or anything like that. Um, I want, you know, a cameo of some some very famous baseball player. Walter Johnson, yep. Cy Young. Yeah. Um, so the idea I have is is basically very similar to one of my all-time favorite baseball films of all time, which is Eight Men Out, uh, which, for those of you who have not seen it, it is a 1980s film based around the 1919 Black Sox, the Chicago White Sox, who did bet on them losing the World Series and tried to throw the games. Um, The idea of of gambling in baseball has always been very fascinating to me, all the way up until Pete Rose. Uh, So for me, the film is not just about uh, their their attempt at prolonging their stay, getting life sentences, uh, stays of execution, but also of gambling and trying to make some money that maybe they can send to their families. Hmm. Um, so I have these characters who are just, you know, trying to make money, win these games, not just for themselves, but for their families. What's the general kind of tone you're going for with the movie? Um, I, I think it's probably like, a, you know, a, a, a period drama. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely... It's it's definitely not like a suspense thriller, and it's not a comedy. Um, but basically, it's it's a period drama built around a sports movie that is not inspirational. Hmm. Um, 
I, I love a lot of inspirational sports movies, but they're very cookie cutter, even when they're based on true stories. You know, remember the Titans, the in, uh, Invincible, things like that. I love those movies, but eh, they all have the same formula. They have yes. to because, one, they're based on real events, but two, <laughs> you have to have a certain formula in order to be yeah. a sports movie. So I, I kind of want to – I feel like I use this turn of phrase a lot, but I want to turn that on its head, and I want to make it a little bit more of an uninspirational sports film. Uh, to show the deep-seated, you know, darkness of of man and the evils they will go through to not only win but to prolong their lives and cheat death. Yeah. Uh, so my director, I thought of this uh, actually. Uh, I think probably prior to finding out about uh, Chadwick's passing, but my director of choice is actually Ryan Coogler. Oh, um, who did direct Black Panther, but he's also directed a bunch of excellent films. One of my absolute favorites and what I think is an insult that it didn't win the Oscars it deserved was Fruitvale Station. Oh, yeah. Um, that was probably the first movie I really fell in love with Michael B. Jordan in. Um, he's a fantastic director. That's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. Also, and of course, based on Creed for sports. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Ryan Coogler is my director. My cast of characters, I have five uh, I've got Joseph Sang, who I've got played by Dom Hall Gleason. I've got Donal. <laughs> What'd you say? Donal. Oh, Donal. I thought it was, it was Dom Hall. It's how it's spelled. It's it's very very Celtic. So yeah. essentially the word tonal, but with a D. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So Brendan's son. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got Warden Alston played by Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. I've got Joseph Gazzardo, who's the shortstop who who bummed the error, uh, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> I've got Otto Graham in here, played by Viggo Mortensen. Ooh. And I created a female character, uh, love interest for whoever, one of the main characters or not, uh, named Lois Clayton, played by Zazie Beetz. Uh, I absolutely love her. I think she's, she's amazing. incredibly <laughs> talented. Uh, and if you haven't seen her episode of The Twilight Zone, season finale of season one, uh, it's fan friggin' tastic. Do you watch Atlanta? Well, no, I have watch not Atlanta. seen it yet. But yeah, <laughs> I know. For, for her and for. Uh, for Donald. For Donald, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I want to watch that. Uh, yeah, I. when it comes to movies like this where it is a period piece, I, similar to things we've done in the past, I try to just forego any concept of having a POC. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm not going to point it out. I'm not going to make it a thing. It's just she's a character. She's she's in this film in 1911. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to point it out that there's a, a woman of color in, in this film with a white man or whatever. Um I came up with a couple titles. Now, I know we, we talked right before we started recording. I honestly don't like any of my titles, and I'm very <laughs> excited to see the one you came up okay. with because you're apparently very happy with it. Uh, the three titles that I came up with were 90 Feet to Home, On Deck, and The Home Team. On uh, Deck is, is pretty good. Yeah, I think that works just because of, like, Death Row. Yeah. Uh, so no, I think, you're next. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that one is the best of the three, but I, I, I'm not, I don't feel strongly enough about any of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically that's that's my idea for the beginnings of a film. It's uh, it's it's about the deep seated gambling and 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 violence that men go through to cheat death, uh, and it is not not putting these characters into good light. Uh, but I do want the idea of them trying to win this money to send to their families. So, you know, there is hopefully good in all people, but you know, hopefully. That's, that's a topic for another discussion. Uh, so that's what I have. Uh, so I'd like to ask you, Rob, what do you got? So as I was reading this, it uh, it's just one of those things where 
for a while you're kind of laughing at it being like, oh, things used to be so weird and draconian and terrible. And then I started thinking, you know, we are having a lot of problems with our justice system right now. Very true. Uh, with our privatization of prisons, with our uh, forced labor of prisoners, uh, which is uh, perilously close to slavery, uh, and a lot of other problems we're having. And I started to get depressed. <laughs> like, I went from laughing to just like not enjoying myself at all reading this article. As we do in 2020. Yeah. And <laughs> then I just thought to myself, well, if I'm going to do a movie about how shitty the justice system is and about how exploitative it was then and is now. Uh, I, I, I can't just wallow in that world. I've got to try and take the piss out of it. So mm -hmm. I actually constructed a comedy. Okay. Uh, it's a Coen Brothers comedy. Yes. <laughs> uh, and to be 100% honest with this, I'm taking it far over the top, and our inspiration is being drawn from Suicide Squad. Okay. Uh, I have a very large cast, and the reason is a lot of them are going to die. Okay, all right. Um, a lot of them are going to die during games <laughs> and after games, because we're just, if it's going to be this ridiculous of a concept historically, we're taking it all the way down. <laughs> uh, my cast for this that I've assembled uh, includes Matt Damon, David Diggs, Noah Centineo, Gina Carano, Zach Efron, John David Washington, Michael B. Jordan, Kamel Nanjiani, Robbie Amell, Dave Batista, and featuring in only three minutes of the film, Dwayne Johnson as the star <laughs> player of the team, who is our first kill in the film, uh, with J.K. Simmons as the warden. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I love uh, Robbie Amell got in there. What? I love that Robbie Amell got yeah, in there. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the team, Robbie Amell. <laughs> you're not going to make it to the end. Oh, um, I think he, I think he's friggin' awesome. If you haven't seen Upload on Amazon, please watch it. Upload is a surprisingly good film. Yeah. Uh, so, um, well, let's try thought. So, Sorry. basically, I, it's, it's going to be this very kind of heightened reality uh, wherein these players are very much playing for their lives in an immediate sense. Uh, we've seen movies like kind of like The Longest Yard that have dealt yeah. with this kind of material before or things like Death Race or the original Death Race 2000. And I think at this point, like, I can't take it seriously. We've got to make it kind of uh, an aggressively bloody Looney Tune. Okay, so it, it's very satirical? Yes. Okay. Um, like in Fractions on the Field, you know... At this point, you're arguing with an ump, and you're arguing because, you know, like, there's a gun being trained on you from the guard <laughs> yeah, tower. Like, you want to make sure you don't get credit for this error. Yeah. And they're kind of, like, throwing each other under the bus for this. Like, well, he, I'm at second. He's supposed to back me up if we're in the shift. <laughs> and they're, like, they keep, like, glancing up at the tower, and you see, like, the reflective sunglasses that the guards wear. <laughs> the just, rifle. Like, just waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, I know my, my big, like, oh, it's going to be one of these kind of films is, like, you know, we start the movie. Um, with this sort of like newsreel speech by J.K. Simmons touting this as being a good idea to get some some public use out of these these death row prisoners mm -hmm. and regular prisoners, and we'll show them the value of sportsmanship and teams, yeah. and you know we're gonna clearly make them uh, understand how to you know really do some penance through the game of baseball, and we just cut to this very like forty two looking shot of Dwayne Johnson stepping up to the plate and taking some hacks and just getting ready. And he crushes this pitch out of the park, and he's rounding the bases. And we're almost doing, like, the natural, like, uh, yeah. maybe lights explode and shit. <laughs> and then, like, uh, he gets home, 
and is immediately beaten to death by two guards because he forgot to tag a base <laughs> while he was rounding on the home run. Because I really need people to know, like, it's going to be this. Like <laughs> They're just beating him not, with their nightsticks? Yes, do not get attached to these characters. Like, oh, there was a fucking postseason. <laughs> His head's got a hole in it. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm going for here. Is like, I love you know, it. The reason I'm so excited for James Gunn's take on Suicide Squad is, like, you can tell from this huge cast and things that he said, like, yeah, it's going to be goofy and they're not making it. Yeah. They're not making it to the end. Yeah. Like, I expect Harley Quinn will make it, and that's about all I expect. Yeah, they, yeah, it may, her and maybe Captain Boomerang, and that's this is about it. Yeah, and <laughs> that's all you're gonna get. Uh, I love that, and I am, I'm good to forgo my idea as we have in the past to focus on this satirical comedy. So my title, and I, I'm a notable hater of puns, but I did, I decided anyway uh, that I would swallow my pride, and I came up with Home Run for Your Lives. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god. I am so proud of you. I sat in my office today giggling. <laughs> I am so proud of you. That's amazing. Wait, it struck me like a thunderbolt. I'm like, run for your, home run for your lives. Home run for your lives. <laughs> Write it down. That is perfect. It's All one right. of those things like I started to panic looking for a pencil because it's like sometimes things just disappear out Immediately. of your head. Immediately, yeah. <laughs> like a dream. <laughs> That is perfect. Okay. And that's my concept. Let's let's put this into a full-fledged three-act film. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to Looney Tunes this up. Yes. So we start off exactly the way you did. Mm-hmm. It starts off with the, the newsreel of JK uh, just talking about, you know, this is a good idea. We're going to get some butts in the seats and make some money, and we'll put these inmates to good use, and mm-hmm. it'll be for entertainment. Uh, and while he's, while he's uh, fading out, we 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 have that shot of Dwayne Johnson stepping up to the bat, stepping up to the plate, you know, tapping his bat on the plate, pointing to the pitcher, puts the bat on his shoulders. He's <laughs> ripping out of his jersey, yeah. which their jerseys are just prison yeah. uh, prison uniforms. It's so small. He's it's so big. It's the old school. Oh brother, where art thou? White and black stripes. Oh man. Um. Maybe. What if what if their their legs are still chained? Their ankles are chained. Interesting. While they have to bat. <laughs> like yeah, you're still in like the uh uh the batter not the batter's box we call it, where you uh, where you take practice swings. The on deck circle. The on deck circle. Uh yeah, and they they just wait until the last possible moment to take to it off. Yeah. Or like maybe some people are worse than others, and some of them are actually shackled at the ankles even while they're at the plate. Yeah, like the catcher. Like, yeah, not, yeah, you're yeah. Not going anywhere. <laughs> So we got Dwayne Johnson getting this perfect fastball inside, knocks it out of the park, and everyone, you know, maybe there's there's an announcer and is, oh my god, that ball is so far, oh my god, look at that go, perfect shot, what a great game this has turned out to be. <laughs> we got Dwayne around in the bases, and you got, you got it's, it's like the first game, but you got a good amount of people in the seats, and they're all like, Woo. it's like maybe a ninth inning, you know, uh, maybe it's a walk off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then literally, he steps on home and immediately cut, and his head's on the pillow in his cell, just looking up like, "Yeah, I did that." And then you immediately—it's a close-up shot of his head on the pillow, and you immediately see a nightstick 
bash in his face. <laughs> the guards pick him up and they're just they just keep wailing on him until they say like, "You missed third." And mm. they just keep going at him. It's just a bloody massacre. Baseball is a game of rules, gentlemen. Do they use nightsticks or do they use baseball bats? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck they were carrying back then. It might have just been metal clubs. What was uh, what do they call them? Uh, beaver tails? Is that what they call them? Uh, I don't know. I think that's what they call them. Yeah, true. I truly don't know. Um, but yeah, something like that. So that's okay. So that's our opening shot. We cut. We we smash cut to to title. Um, home run for your life, and then the movie begins. <laughs> and where do we take it from there? Uh, I guess one of our characters is is newly arriving at the prison. That's always a good way to start. I say it's got to it's got to be one of the younger ones, someone maybe uh on their first uh their first sentencing, their first time in prison. <laughs> yeah, okay, have, that works. They have no idea what to expect, and they're like, well, "You're gonna be playing baseball." What? Well, I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll pair whoever the young person is coming in with like Matt Damon or David Diggs can be like the starting pitcher. Who, who is like, David Diggs? Did you, uh, did you watch Hamilton? Uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, the Snowpiercer show? I haven't seen the show. I saw the movie. Hmm. I'm trying to think of what else David has been in. Because, huh. uh, like, Hamilton is the big thing. Oh, okay. Oh, well, but, I'll look uh, it up. He's, he's <laughs> utterly fabulous. He's a, he's a black actor. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other things he's done in film. Let's see. Ba-ba-da-ba-da. Not a lot going on in film, actually. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's oh. only just kind of like broken out onto uh taped things from cool. the theater. I'm fine. Uh let's see. Yeah, so we'll have we'll have the a uh, young actor come in. Who be- who were some of your young guys? I know you said Zach Efron, you said Robbie Amell. Uh, let's make it Robbie. Uh yeah, my I guess my youngest would be Noah Centineo. Uh but Who's yeah, that? I can do Robbie Mel. Uh, and he hooks up with, uh, you know, his new like this guy's gonna show you the ropes and then we learn kind of like uh yeah, Warden's uh Warden's exploiting us all for gambling profits. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, rules are pretty strict. Yeah, <laughs> rules are pretty strict. We uh, we're undefeated. Thank God. <laughs> they got like one of maybe Damon is like his cellmate, and they sit in there just like on the on the wall is like the uh, the plans for the next game. He's got mm-hmm. the lineup card and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Robbie Mel's just sitting there like, what's this? <laughs> this is the game of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> why why you do why baseball? There's a lot of like. Plans of violence, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like you got a couple people X'd out. Is that is that because you're not playing them tomorrow? No, no, no. They died. <laughs> they... Last season, our uh, our catcher hit 30 home runs, and uh, he's got a nice little store in town now. <laughs> <laughs> We're off the whole sentence. <laughs> our left fielder made the most errors. Uh, he got he got executed last week. He's buried out back. <laughs> Pauper's grave. <laughs> yeah. They installed electricity just to fry his ass. <laughs> they didn't even plan on doing it, but they were just like, hey, we might as well put it to work. <laughs> it was incredibly expensive, but apparently it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> they, got a, uh, tone. <laughs> they got a little uh, a training uh, training diamond in the yard. <laughs> it's not like ba- it's not regulation size, but it's like getting nope. them into shape. <laughs> All these different ways you can cheat. Like yeah, they're, they're literally just going over different and plans shit. and stuff. <laughs> um, so okay, so I I know we just kind of like uh, made that into a bit and stuff, but I would say this is like their second season. Mm-hmm. Like they've been doing this for a little while. They understand the ropes, but maybe we focus on some of the younger guys who are getting into it for the first time. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he's 
Maybe he's not even a death row inmate. Maybe he's just, you know, a prisoner there doing a stretch, like mm-hmm. three-year stretch for armed robbery or whatever. Um, and we have him joining in, and it's it's kind of the idea of, like, it doesn't matter if you're on death row or not. You're playing baseball, and if you fuck up, your, your sentence will get extended. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. <laughs> I don't care if you're here for, for three years for, you know, the robbery of a bookstore. If you make an error in the field, you're getting an extra five. Yep. <laughs> Be sure to always cover second, man. They're watching. They're it's watching. B- it's they 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 calculate it based on what inning the error is in, how many runs they're down or up, yep. how many are on bases. I love it. And there's like some really deep math around it. Mm-hmm. Like they've got like the warden going through. Like okay, well look, Chubbs made an error at second, but it was only the th- the third inning, and there was no one on, and it was a tied game. So mm-hmm. you know, it only got them one man on first. So. I don't know. Let's we'll extend him a couple months, I guess. Okay, but what about Johnson? Because he made that error out and left, and it cost us two runs in the eighth. Oh no, he's gonna die next week. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they bumped up the execution. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's just them going through the math of what what calculations they use mm-hmm. to have that going. I, I like this image in my head of somebody playing the outfield and like a deep fly ball gets in. Like, and he's going back for it and going back for it at the wall. He's over the wall. He's escaping. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear a whistle of just dogs. You see a rip shot him to the, shreds. But you see, you see the shot of the glove up in the air, and as he catches it, you hear the gunshot and just a clump fall to the ground. <laughs> And then, and then the rest of the team is literally arguing: Does that count as an out or not? Yeah. Is it still in his glove? They're, I'm not going to check. They, they bring the stretcher back, and they've got him on there, and they're checking the ball in the glove. It's in the glove. It's in the glove. <laughs> All right, that's an out. Yeah. We're just gonna creatively kill a lot of people. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. How many cast members do you have? Uh, just in my list here, I got. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Rob eight, can count, ladies and gentlemen. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Uh, not including J.K. Simmons. So let's at least it doesn't. We don't need to tie them to characters, but let's at least come with twelve, uh, eleven kills. Yeah. So we got we got Dwayne Johnson getting bashed in the face in the first thirty seconds of the movie. Mm-hmm. We got one of them being shot in the head for diving over the uh, the outfield wall to catch the home run ball. I think, I think we're I think we're sending the dogs on him. Okay, so not getting shot, just literally yeah. the dogs being sick. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's still going. He's somehow the dogs bring the ball back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the one of the German shepherds has the ball in the in the ah, mouth. God damn it! <laughs> Does that count or no? No, it doesn't count. It left his glove. <laughs> yeah, and, but it was viciously pulled from his glove. And they have to be like equally violent towards these teams they're playing. And like, oh yeah, it'd be very like sort of. <laughs> Innocent team was like, yeah, this is the team for our local dairy company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like sharpening the spikes on their. Cleats I was just and- gonna say they're sharpening their spikes, but they're not even doing it like Ty Cobb a little bit. They are sharpening. Yeah, these are spikes. shanks. <laughs> they're <laughs> jagged and <laughs> they're adding extra spikes to the bottom of the cleats. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you have someone sliding in at second, just right into the gut. I want somebody to pull, pull a Bill Buckner and let a ball go between their legs, and just just a moment of catharsis for our our Boston fans. It's just <laughs> just the worst possible things begin to happen to him. And as as soon as it happens, that guy just looks up with an utter amount of fear on his face and just tries to run across the field to leave. <laughs> He's just like, oh shit, and he yep. just tries to leave. 
smash cut to a firing squad. <laughs> right at the it's it's in the uh a lot Up against of teams, the dugout. <laughs> uh, well I was gonna say a lot of the teams back then used to have like their their uh their bullpens on the field. Mm-hmm. Some some teams still do. But he's literally running across and as the the opposing team or the, or the home team's pitcher and catcher are warming up, he just gets shot in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the moment of synergy, our uh, warm-up bullpen also serves as our firing squad area. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like they're going to have to bring in a second first baseman today. I'm not sure who they're going to put in. They sat their last guy last night. <laughs> <laughs> that could be someone of, of of note in Boston. It could be probably not Damon. We want him to survive, so maybe yeah. an Affleck cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An Affleck Just cameo. Just Perfect. <laughs> So bad for Bill Buckner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't deserve to be killed by fireworks. No, he, he does not. He does not deserve the hate he's been getting for, geez, what forty years? What was that eighty six? Yeah, so almost. Yeah. <laughs> Look, people make mistakes. Yep, it's a sport. Uh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Let's see other things. Um, we gotta have uh, three strikeouts in a game for someone. Uh, they're probably getting hanged off the backstop. Yeah. We get one guy up, and he gets beamed in the head, and just he dies right there. Mm-hmm. And the the warden or whoever, the the, the umpire, the, the, the announcer, whoever, just comes out and goes, well, he was planning to be executed tomorrow, so I guess they just pumped that one up one day. <laughs> <laughs> just to be sure. <laughs> uh, we should definitely incorporate the gambling into it, but, you know, this yes. is clearly just this huge corrupt machine. Yeah. But they're literally, like, it's so satirical, they're taking bets from people in the stands right before the game. Yeah. Like, they're lining up, and they got the umps going out, being like, okay, who's who's your money on? Who's uh, who's your money on dying today? Yeah. Who's here's your, your ticket, who's your and bet? here's your marker for the off-track betting parlor on the third baseline. <laughs> they have a death bet. Who's going to die oh, during the game? Yeah. <laughs> Robinson's in a slump. He's not going to make it. <laughs> I guarantee you. Look, he made two errors yesterday. He makes one more. They're taking him down. He did it for forgery, and you know, now he's been fucking up so much, he's scheduled <laughs> to die. That guy started with a two-year stretch. He's got life plus 99 now. That guy? He didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> he's been benched the entire game. Yeah, they just shoved his name in a notebook and brought him here. That's <laughs> pissed off somebody. Ah, well. Oh, excuse me. Great American pastime. Peanuts, mm. popcorn, <laughs> So what's our turning point? What do we have? Like, that's obviously the whole first act is just kind of getting to know and kill these characters. We can kind of take, uh, we can kind of take the, the great escape notion, uh, and, and do it from there that they begin kind of an escape plan. Yeah. Uh, that revolves somehow around baseball that again, a lot of people are going to have to die to pull off. Um... I'm trying to think of like a, a clever way to to escape from a baseball game, like a like an actual escape, mm-hmm. digging through the dugout, mm. or um, let's see, what else? Trying to trying to uh, hide away in the in the fan seating, or as a concession guy. <clears throat> you got multiple people who can try different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everyone's you know. Having maybe there are multiple plans in the works, and they're all like, oh, "I'm doing Jim's plan." You can't do Jim's plan. That completely goes against what we're doing with Don. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps uh, you know during the seventh inning stretch, as the crowd and the players are assembled to uh, uh, look at the flag and listen to "God Bless America," they pull off some kind of uniform switch. 
Yeah. Like that could be a way that like that's the way they're gonna try and escape. <laughs> they're playing they're playing a team and maybe they try to take their uniforms. Like it's <laughs> like you said, it's like the liquor store or whatever. Yeah. And they're just taking their uniforms and mm-hmm. they're like forcing them to get into the inmates' uniforms. <laughs> <clears throat> Robinson looks like he put on some weight today, but uh yeah. wow. everybody's so distracted and like really doing that whole like patriotic just stare at the flag. Yeah. And that's when they spring that this little mini heist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's literally one guy who's been benched every game. Like, he hasn't played. He wants to play, mm-hmm. but he hasn't played. He's literally digging through the dugout wall. <laughs> He's just pulling a Shawshank, like, behind it. the helmet's uh, shelf. <laughs> and, they, you know, they've stolen, like, extra uniforms. And then when the game ends, they all go through the tunnel and they get on the bus with the team that's leaving. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crowded in here. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I thought we had a 12-man roster. It feels like yeah. there's 25 in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pitcher's playing three roles and the bus is full. <laughs> um, I feel like we got to bring in some type of like if we're gonna go the Suicide Squad comical route, I feel like we have to bring in like a villain villain. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the I think it should be the warden. Like it's probably yeah, gotta be. Um, kind of leading up to like the big game, which is the climax. So. Yeah, like they're we playing do. like a World Series, but it's you know it's Wyoming. it's just the wyoming series it's it's also weirdly small yeah (laughs) there's there's a surprising there's a surprising amount of like hardcore fans for this type of baseball yeah inmate ball like (laughs) good old-fashioned american fun i bring my son to every game (laughs) how how many deaths has your son seen uh less than i saw in the spanish american war i'll tell you (laughs) toughen him up Kid holds up a little foam finger. He's like, this game's number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, can you think of any more creative deaths we can throw into this? Um, Baseball-wise? Oh, there's got to be someone charging the mound, and both the pitcher and batter just kill each other. <laughs> like, maybe they take out shanks or shivs on each other, and they're just like, <laughs> it's like, all right, he's, oh, looks like he's going to be charging the mound. Looks like he's got a shiv in his left cleat, and we'll see if that comes. Oh, yep, that's right to the jugular. <laughs> the umpires are involved. <laughs> I know, I, I want them to be like, and we're installing uh, these newfangled electric lights for uh, for night games, and... Somebody steps on an exposed wire and just <laughs> electrocuted on the right the the right field baseline, <sighs> and the home of the brave. <laughs> they tie up someone to the foul pole, and like he gets beamed with baseballs. He's the snitch. <laughs> <laughs> stay fair, stay fair. Doing the pudge, like waving the home run fair. <laughs> dunk. If you hit Woo! Duncan out there, it's a fair ball. <laughs> He is concussed, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, my God. You know how old Yankee Stadium had the uh, Monument Park in play? Yeah, yeah. Tombstones. Tombstones. Tombstone <laughs> Park. Three oh tombstones. Oh, my God. Three I tombstones out in center field. <laughs> I love it so much. And every game, there's an extra tombstone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like they keep lining the backfield. <laughs> a little crowded out, uh, out past the warning, uh, the warning track. Well, yeah, Jerry, that's because we had three inmate deaths last week, so they're now out there in. Uh, I'm trying to think of a pun name for Monument Park. <laughs> it's just hmm. <laughs> Let's see. No, I can't think of one. Cemetery, cemetery Park. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, Tombstone Hill or whatever. Tombstone uh, Hill. Yeah, the Potter's Field. Potter's Field. Pitcher's Field. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Charity other things. Uh, what are the yeah, deaths? Broadcast booth. What are the Let's deaths see. do we have? Hmm. Um. There's got to be. There's got to be an argument with the ump, and the ump is obviously a prison guard. So the ump kind of like makes the decision to have the guy, you know, mm-hmm. shot or something because they've got they've got guards stationed around the stadium, oh, yeah. you know, with rifles and stuff just ready. And like maybe one of the guys is arguing with the ump and he's like, "How dare he was safe? How what do you mean he wasn't safe?" He was kicking up the sand and stuff. And the uh, ump just looks up at the guards and then immediately the guy arguing just stops. And slowly backs away yep. into the dugout. I like the notion that maybe, like, the pitcher's mound and all the bases are wired with dynamite. <laughs> Just, like, on a whim. If like, all right. <laughs> We've got to make it interesting somehow. We blew the save. <laughs> it's a humane way to die. He didn't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> first oh, base and second, uh, first base and third base coach have uh, holsters on, on them. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> He ignored the stop sign. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put him down. <laughs> uh, hey, your uh, your green light to steal bases has been revoked. Crack <laughs> over the head with a truncheon. They're, oh, look at ste- they're stealing signs, and they get uh, they get uh, extra sentences for that. <laughs> God damn it! I got five years for stealing signs. <laughs> well, listen, you know, stealing's illegal. <laughs> <sighs> it's a tough game, but it's fair. <laughs> America. American pastime. <laughs> it's a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. All I'm right, sure. so where do we where do we go with this though? I I mean the the climax is like the big sort of championship ish game, like this you know this one. Uh, say Matt Damon is the starting pitcher. If he uh, if he pitches a complete game win, then you know he'll uh, this is this is enough to get him off, like a free man kind of thing. So, yeah, but he so like he's not super on board with this escape plan the rest of them have been working on because he's literally trying to pitch a, f- a complete game around them yep as they're trying to all escape and stuff yeah. uh so i think that's a good way to do it then maybe just for uh, just for one moment of the film he's a good person and just like <laughs> actually contributes to this <laughs> even though I'm like uh it's kind of like i was two days from retirement kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. Damon. So i think yeah that's, that's a good climax a L- little bit like eddie seacott <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, from there. Um, oh no. What do you have? I'm just wondering if, like, a lot of them wind up escaping to Chicago and changing their names and. And becoming the 1919 Black Sox. Sox. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta have some type of joke about, like, one of them being Shoeless Joe. Like, man, that guy showed up to Chicago with no shoes on. (laughs) (laughs) And it's. It's because he used his cleats as like punching gloves during the escape, and then had to drop them. Like, yep, it's just me, old Joe, J- Joe Jackson, Jackson from the country. <laughs> Shoeless Joe, that's me. That's but they've they've I'm been calling me Shoeless Joe since I fella. escaped since uh <laughs> since I've been a kid in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's our that's our tag. <laughs> yeah, that's just the end of it. Yeah. Then uh, you got you got to have like one uh, one um, one teaser at the end, just of like J.K. Simmons, just literally in another press conference, just saying, "Well, it wasn't as successful as we'd like it to be, but next year we're trying football." <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can always just go back to I don't know breaking rocks. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm gonna like, shoot people, but can we? Can we? Would the bro- the rocks the rocks we break? Can we? Can we turn it into a, a field or? What if we did it on ice? Like a, like some type of like Breaking sport on ice. Hitting a rock on <laughs> ice, and you gotta hit it into a. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally comes up with hockey. We turn hockey American. All the Canadians get mad. Oh, would you look at that? I invented hockey. Just turns to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> you want some of this maple candy? Sorry, no. Canada. <laughs> Where the fuck is Canada? <laughs> yeah, we're in my oh, own. Man. This is a fun little movie. It is. Come up it is. With. It's nothing, like it. nothing, nothing crazy serious. Nothing crazy, yeah. Just a little it's a short silly. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like an hour and a half times. Yeah, we're not going over an hour and a half with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, you not don't want to drag out all the, the weird deaths. Yeah. <laughs> But you definitely got to have all of them there. I mean, I think that's uh, you know I don't know what else we got for that one. That would's that's as that's as comedy satirical slapstick as we can get. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's that's more so than uh, than nuked or straw hat riots or. I don't know. Nuked is pretty. <laughs> nuked is pretty, pretty out there. Pretty satirical. Um, we come very close to ending the world and then saving it, and then it and... <laughs> by accident, both yeah, times, many many times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think we got ourselves a movie there. I think we do. Home Run for Your Lives. <laughs> is it Home Run for Your Life or Lives? I was, you know, I was, I was sitting there thinking, like, what is the more common expression? Run for Your Life or Run for Your Lives? I think it's Run for Your Life. Yeah, Home Run for Your Life. Yeah, Home Run for Your Life sounds mm. good to me. Uh, Coen Brothers directed slew of cast members. Just too many. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just a teaser trailer just like Suicide Squad. Just yep. <laughs> showing them up. You got Flula for some reason. <laughs> Pete <Flula> Davidson. Borg. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jennifer poops at parties. And people know about this? <laughs> I, I poops at parties too, but I, I close the door. <laughs> oh, uh, well, that's funny as shit. Um, all right, that is our film, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, this, was, uh, this was a fun little little romp we put together here. <clears throat> I, come from a, I came from a different different area, and... Once again, we went with Rob's film, <laughs> and I enjoy that. Yeah, Vernon. What? So you no, I'm not talking about area. where I come, you come from. Vernon, no, you, you dumb butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for listening. This was episode 17. Uh, again, if you have any articles, items, stories, ideas, any ideas for this film or previous uh, episode we did, we'd love to hear you pitch it. You can tweet us at WDYG Podcast. Uh, you can email us at wdygpodcast at gmail.com. Facebook, same handle. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we're there. Everywhere. S- subscribe, review. Um, I don't know what else I have to say. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of the same same pitch we have at the end. Uh, okay, I'm going to say something a little bit different. Uh, it's 2020. Things aren't going so great. <laughs> Get out there, make some make some art, be creative, have fun, uh, be safe, stay socially distant, wear a damn mask, <laughs> and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this one. Be excellent to each other, dudes. Yes, I need to watch that. Yes, it's so good. All right, uh, what's our usual tag? I've been Rob. I've been Nick. And that's what we got. What Do You Got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Weiss. You can find her on Twitter at, at Gabby Weiss. 